0: Facing the adversary within. There is really no way for you and I to appreciate the, 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 the account of Ananias and Sapphira without uh, contrasting it with what happened before Ananias and Sapphira. So, and that Luke is really giving us that hint. So in A- Acts 5, 1-11, our tale was about those verses. But I'm just going to read just kind of the end of chapter 4 and the beginning of chapter 5, which then will, I think, help us see the contrast that builds, and then I'll share some more that I hope makes sense. So, in, in uh, the end of chapter 4, Joseph, called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of comfort or encouragement, a Levite born in Cyprus sold a field that he owned, He brought the money and he made an offering of it to the apostles. But a a man, now contrasted to Joseph, but a man, Ananias, his wife Sapphira, conniving in this with him, sold a piece of property, secretly kept part of the price for himself, and then brought the rest to the apostles and made an offering of it. Now what's been going on in this community is really important to understand before we can really understand what happened to those two. So this is a community that is announcing the kingdom. They're just continuing to do the ministry of Jesus. The kingdom is near. And and in announcing that kingdom, they've seen 8,000 plus people, Jews, change their mind about Jesus. Conversion is about a change of mind. It's not about a change of religion. It's about changing your mind about Jesus. So far, 8,000 people plus have done that. There are a community of people that are tasting the powers of the age to come. A lame man has been healed, made whole instantly, enters the temple praising God. So anybody that watched that event thought, wow. There was something of the future breaking into the present causing that lame man to be healed instantly. And now people are tasting the powers of the age to come. So the promised future of the Messiah is breaking into the present in that event. When those things are happening, the religious establishment begins to feel threatened. And so Peter and John and the lame man are arrested, no due process, just thrown in jail. There they there's a demand the next day, we we want you to stop immediately. Do not announce the kingdom anymore. Do not do ministry at all anymore in the name of Jesus. Stop that. And so really the question was, well how how in the world is this relatively small and new movement going to survive? a very real threat from an established religion which has the political muscle of an empire behind it to put to death people that they disagree with. How, how, how are they going to withstand the, these external threats? Well, the answer is the Holy Spirit. And so when Peter and John the layman are let out from the threats, the prison, that, 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 that court, the Holy Spirit answers, you know, Lord... Consider their threats. Well, while they were praying, the place where they were meeting trembled and shook. They're all filled with the Holy Spirit and can continue to speak God's word with fearless confidence. So the Holy Spirit is the answer to how they're going to withstand this external threat. So the Holy Spirit fills this community. The Holy Spirit fills them with fearless confidence so they continue to announce the kingdom the Holy Spirit fills the community with a resolve. We must continue to do what God's asked us to do in spite of the threats. You may throw us in prison. You may end up killing us, but we can't stop. And as a community, we're going to keep moving forward doing what God says. The Holy Spirit filled them with, with what I don't know, the lack I don't, I don't know if there's really a way to describe it, but it's I just call it the kingdom life. So that's why you have people saying, you know. I I just have this sense of, I want to help provide for this this growing group of people. I don't need my family property anymore. I'm going to sell that. I'm going to give the proceeds. I'm going to voluntarily yield the proceeds of the sale. I'm going to really submit that to the the apostles. Literally, whenever Joseph and others brought the proceeds, they laid it at the apostles' feet. That was a sign of, I, I trust you, as leaders, to distribute this as you see need, fit, and and we know from the story that the apostles they don't they don't they're not accumulating wealth, at all. They're 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 passing out, and providing for the community. So I mean, just this wonderful testimony of people who are living in the light of the king or are living in light of the kingdom. I mean, I, in some ways, I really think that they they just from their Judaism, they're thinking you know it it's here that that great hinge point. In history, when we move out of this age to the next age, it's here. So why do I why do I need a house? If eternity is knocking today, why do I need a house? And then I you know I'm so Phil. I want to love people and care for people. So all that's going on, the Holy Spirit produced that. And there's great power. You don't you don't look a layman in the eye and say in the name of Jesus without the power of God. So there's great power happening. And there's, a, there's this great grace on these people. And, and really the, the real fruit of that is that thousands of people are saying, I'm going to change my mind about Jesus. So I, I'm going to start following Jesus. And that's, that's happening to this community. So that where we ended up last week is this just like unbelievable description. Every need in the community met. And so it turned out that not a person among them was needy. The apostles distributed the proceeds according to each person's need. So just think about that. I mean, just with us as a community of people sitting in this room, every physical need, every medical need, every emotional need, every spiritual need met I mean that what a testimony to the power of God, the grace of God, the kingdom of God, Jesus in the middle of the mix. This community withstood an external threat. So we, we could say, OK, well let's, let's have a community celebration. We can pause for a moment. The community has survived. The threat of the religious establishment, hey, we've survived that. The Holy Spirit has empowered us. We're moving on. Good things continue to happen. But that celebration is very short-lived. Because what happens with Ananias and Sapphira is something new, which is even more menacing than the threat from the religious establishment. You see, Ananias and Sapphira are in this community. They're in a community where no one said, that's mine, you can't have it. So the community had come to a place where they looked at everything that they owned as, this is ours and we want to share it. So kind of the, the, the community well-being became greater than individual well-being. And Ananias and Sapphira are in that community. So they have been witnessing what it's like when a community of people decide, we're not, we're not going to be individualistic anymore. We're, no one's going to say, that's mine, you can't have it. And, and yet you have this couple... In that context, conniving together to sell a piece of property like Barnabas did, like others did, pretending to be more generous than they really were, and holding on to, a portion of this is ours. And we're not going to share it. Do you see the contrast between their little meeting, the two of them deciding to do that, and what was going on in the bigger community. The word that Luke chooses to use when they set aside a portion of the proceeds is a word that means misappropriation of funds. It's also a word that's used for embezzlement. So what Luke is telling us, when this couple declared to the community, "Hey, we're going to sell our property and we're going to give the proceeds to the apostles to be distributed to the community." They're embezzling from God. That's that's really what they did. And they did that secretly. You see, they're in a community that has one heart and one mind. And yet as a couple, they agreed together to deceive everybody else. Again, do you see the contrast between where the community was, one heart, one mind, with a couple deciding that they're going to deceive others by lying? Then the final and really the biggest nail in their coffin is they're, they're in a community that's filled. It's the Holy Spirit continues to fill the community. Again, I want to remind you, when we're filled by the Holy Spirit, it's as if we're, the, we're a cup and, and the Holy Spirit is holding a pitcher and He's filling us with water or with fearless confidence or with the Holy Spirit fills our lives with good things, everything that this community is enjoying, the Holy Spirit's pouring those into their lives. Now, they're under the influence of relationship with the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is is a person. You don't pour a person into a person. So it's real important that you get that concept because what I'm about to say really rocks our world. So in that context of the Holy Spirit filling a community again and again and again, You've got a couple, Ananias and Sapphira, who stepped out of the influence of the Holy Spirit and came under the influence of Satan. And Satan filled them. Now, again, it's real important that we understand. I mean, I wish I could say, man, I wish I could say, it's a different word. The Holy Spirit filled. That word filled is different than Satan filled. Sorry. It's the same word. But the Holy Spirit fills people with different things than what Satan fills people with. And so they came under the influence of Satan who filled them with lies. Somehow they were convinced that what they were doing was right. That's a lie. Somehow they were comforted in that we'll we'll keep this for ourselves in the context of everybody surrendering everything and we'll pretend. Somehow they thought that was right. So Satan filled them with lies that they bought into. Now what that reminds us of is times in history where Satan has done that. Like the Garden of Eden. Remember when... Satan appears to Adam and Eve and just begins this conversation of, well, yeah, did God really say that? Or, you know, is, is, it, is it really bad that you would, uh, you know? So the father of lies has been with humanity since the garden. And this is, again, another attempt by the father of lies to undermine what God's doing. It would be similar to the sin of Achan. So those examples of Satan added again to undermine what God is doing. So there's always going to be opposition to the kingdom. Externally, that opposition came from the religious establishment. What's happening with Ananias and Sapphira is now the opposition is from within. It's it's internal, and it's harder to discern. And it's happening with people that seem to be something that they're not. So it reminded me of Peter's warning, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion. He's looking for someone to devour. And in this case, he was able to devour Ananias and Sapphira. And because of the very real threat to the integrity and the existence of the young church, This is the first passage in Acts that mentions Satan by name and uses the word ekklesia, the Greek word for church. There's a real threat that the church could end because of an insider movement. So the judicial and the penal might of God is at work through the apostle. So what we celebrated with the lame man, the future, breaking into the present, I I think we're celebrating that, but maybe it's not the same kind of celebration. We're witnessing future judgment becoming a present reality. Bam. See, those that watched and, and literally were terrified, a great fear. Oh my goodness. See, they tasted the wonder of God, the wonder of the the powers of the age to come with the healing of a lame man. This This is a taste of the judicial powers of the age to come. So as I think about our community... You know, I, I, I want us to be a community that the Holy Spirit fills and, and He fills again and He, and he fills us again as, as we face every challenge that we're going to face as a community. So, you know, I want Him to fill us with fear, the same fearless confidence, this courage to announce the kingdom in spite of the opposition that you and I face. We will. I want Him to... To, to, to fill us with a resolve that we're going to stay the course. We're, we're, we're going to continue to announce the kingdom to our neighbors and the nations regardless of what's going to happen to us. I, I want the Holy Spirit to fill us with this desire to seek first the kingdom, to be a kingdom people first and foremost before we're anything else. Now, I, I want the Holy Spirit to fill us with great power And I want there to be a great grace, like this tangible grace on our lives as a community. Because the result of that is that when we ask people to come along with us, they say, well, why in the world would I turn that down? You all have a really great thing going. I want in on that. So people are persuaded to change their mind about Jesus. And they actually do. And they enter into a community. And we start living in the kingdom and announcing the kingdom together. And it's just like this snowball effect that just keeps rolling. So I want everything that we're reading in this passage, I want what's happening here for us. And I hope all of us, we want that. But when we read this, that we kind of keep on going with the story, you know, along with that great power and that great grace, we need great fear. We're not talking about slavish fear. You know, we're, not, we're not talking about a, a fear where we run away from God. We're talking about what the Proverbs talk about. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We, we must respect God. The message says you know, that the community learn not to trifle with God. We have got to learn that. We we must ask that we would be a community that has great respect for Lord God Almighty. And we need to have great respect for the one who is seated on the throne before, before, that has all authority in heaven and earth granted to him. But we, we've got to understand that, that concept of respecting God, respecting his authority, respecting that, that we, we can't play around. In some ways, we can't pretend to be what we're not. We want to stay alert. I mean, my friends, there, there remains a devil who, who does move about as a roaring lion, he, and he wants to devour I mean, I've seen him trying to devour my own family. I've seen him doing that. It's as if like, you know, one of one of the legs of one of my kids is in his mouth and I'm pulling on him. You can't have my kid. I think most of us have had that kind of experience. There is someone that hates our God. And because you love God, he hates you. And he'll do anything he can to destroy you. And if he can isolate you out of the community and begin to nip at you, he will devour you. You, you, you. And I, we might, We've got to be sobered by that's a reality. That's a reality. And if he can, if he can destroy a community of people by bringing a, one of us under his influence. And the subtleties of that, of us introducing something, if he can destroy a local church, he loves to destroy local churches. We've got to stay awake. We are in a battle. As we move towards the return of our king, the battle is going to become more intense. So we've got to stay awake. So I wonder, just with this story as a backdrop, if you'd be willing to stand with me. And, and let's just, again, just have a moment in the presence of God together. Knowing that we, we like our forefathers, we, we've got to face the adversary within with immediate and drastic and like final action. I mean, we, we have got to nip in the bud any lie, any influence of the evil one. So I'm, I'm going to ask us, and, and I'm, in a moment I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to kind of superintend this, because we don't, we don't want, you know, we can wiggle out of stuff. So I'm going to ask, you know, we're... Where is the adversary seeking to influence us? What lies is the devil whispering in your ear? You know, what, what, are the, what are the challenges that he's bringing into your mind to test the Lord? Did God really say that? Is God really good? What's God withholding from you? Those are some of the lines we'll use. See, the prayer that Jesus gave us to pray says this, lead us not into temptation. What that is really saying is lead us a long way from temptation (laughs) because we know who we are. If we get too close to temptation, most of us, if not all of us, I'll just say all of us, are so gullible. We are so easily deceived that most of the time if we touch temptation, we take it. It's just who we are. And so when we say lead us, not into temptation, we're saying, I mean lead us like like way away from temptation. Keep a separation between me and me us and temptation because if it, if we get too close we're going to take it. And then it says deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. I think what Jesus is saying is you're going to you're going to live under regular attacks of an evil one that wants to undermine what God's doing. And so be aware. And stay awake. Deliver us. So I'm just, basically, I just want to kind of pray those kind of prayers and just invite you to come along with me as I pray, if that's okay. Lord, I thank you for this very sobering reminder in the Bible that any of us can be unduly influenced at any time by the evil one. As I, as I stand in this room with this community of people, I even know this isn't even a safe place. That even now, uh, the evil one can be whispering lies, can be attempting to influence us, uh, to, to be this destructive force within a community. And so I just say, Lord, come Holy Spirit, come. I, I know that the Spirit of Satan and the Holy Spirit can't, cannot occupy the same place. So I just ask that you would come, that you'd help us identify where, where, it just, where the adversary just seems to be trying to undermine who we are, where the adversary is trying to influence us. Where, what, what are the lies that the adversary is speaking, just seems to keep speaking? What, what are the ways that the adversary is saying, test God in this, test God in this? Is God really that? Is God really this? Is God really good? Would you, would you expose those areas that we, they may be, even be hidden to us? Would you do that for us individually? Would you do that for us corporately? Would you, would you bring just insight right now? Concerning the temptations that just seem to be recurrent in our lives. That where we want you to lead us far from those temptations, they just keep showing up. Or what what my prayer is that you would deliver us. Deliver us as a community of people. Deliver us from the evil one. And fill us, Holy Spirit. Fill us with fearless confidence. Fill us with resolve. Fill us with the priority of the kingdom first and all of its righteousness. In your name, Jesus. Let me just, 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 a, just a couple more words before I say goodbye. Most of the time, when we can identify how the evil one is influencing our lives or the lies that he may be whispering in our ears or the temptations that we just keep bumping into, it's, it's really good to share that with at least one other person. I know I, I can't withstand an attack uh, of evil without telling people, hey, uh, I, just, I just seem to be bumping in this, to this again and again and again. So really together we face the adversary. We don't try to do that alone. If we try to do it alone, it usually doesn't work. So in our conversation today, in this story, if there's things that you need to talk to somebody else about, you know, pick out somebody that, that you trust and just share that with you. If there's nobody in the room that you trust, and you think you might trust me, then I'll stand over here and we can we can visit. Uh, but but I, I just really think it's important for us uh, to you know if we're if we're under the gun, we have to share that. And, be, and part of that is if 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 he if he attacks one of us, he's attacking all of us. His hope is not just to destroy one of us, it's to destroy all of us. That's what he loves to do. So that's the good news for the day. (laughs) May we stay alert and hold our ground. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.